Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Thursday edition Outkick, the coverage. We're joined now by Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. He is on Around the Horn. He is on Sirius XM, and he writes for The Athletic. Uh, Frank, appreciate you uh, coming in with us here. And uh, want to start with this uh, DeMarcus Cousins audio, which I'm sure you heard of DeMarcus Cousins saying he put a bullet in his baby mama's head story blips up for about 12 hours and now it appears to have vanished how amazing is this for the nba when you consider what would happen if a top player in the nfl did this versus what an nba player does it's like people don't even care yeah i I know I, i first of all i do think the nba does a pretty good job of managing stories like this in getting out and getting out in front, but I do think the outrage isn't the same, and it certainly should be. I mean, when you hear that audio, and for him to just say it so kind of flippant, I'm going to put a bullet in your head. I mean, it's it's, it's ridiculous. And Demarcus Cousins, something needs to be done about. It. I mean, he's not going to play this year, but something like that. There should be some kind of suspension where he's not going to get paid. You can't you you can't have that that kind of stuff. I mean, that's it. it when I first heard, I actually I couldn't believe the, the way that he was talking. And it's just amazing to me that it blips up for about 12 hours. I mean, if you compare it to, say, Tyreek Hill uh, in the NFL, the Tyreek Hill story is massive for months, right? Like, everybody's covering it. Everybody's asking the question, what are the Chiefs going to do? What's the NFL going to do? What's the full context of the tape? What what did Tyreek Hill going to respond? His attorneys get involved, everything. And, I mean, it's a massive multi-month story. And the DeMarcus Cousins story – goes away in 12 hours and Tyreek Hill is out there for months and it's just crazy to me to think about the difference in the way scandal is covered in the NFL and scandal is covered in the NBA and I also think with the NBA there's kind of over the last like few years and I said this for a while I've always felt like the NFL media 
was kind of protecting the shield for a long time. Yeah. And now I, I, I ever think since the whole CTE thing, and obviously with a lot of the domestic violence stuff, really starting with Bray Rice, it's kind of changed. And it does kind of feel like, to some degree, the NBA media is more like that, where they're kind of protecting the shield. And, you know, oh, well, the NBA, they've got to figure it out. They don't have problems that the, uh, that the NFL has. Well, first of all, there are more teams in the NFL. There's more players in the NFL, number one. But, the, you know, the NBA has some issues. The NBA's done a great job over the years just in terms of stuff like on the court. Like, they basically have legislated fighting out of the league and things like that. But, you know, things that happen off the court, I mean, just remember what happened with the Dallas Mavericks situation. That was with, you know, Mark Cuban's yeah. organization where that, you know, the, the NBA had to step in. But I do think you're right. Maybe, maybe because it's the off season. I mean, I'm not trying to give the NBA an excuse here. Maybe that has something to do with it. If it was in season, maybe it would be a bigger deal. But something, you know, I, I do agree. It does seem like the story came and went pretty quickly. Uh, all right, let's go into uh, the NFL with some big stories for you. First of all, you're in New York. How would you assess the Daniel Jones uh, media uh, obsession and also fan narrative of excitement compared to when he got drafted, when it was the worst thing ever? I think I saw the New York Daily News or the New York Post, like they had the side-by-side of like the, 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 the amount of swing that there's been in just a few months over the worst pick ever, basically headline to now. He is the savior. There's a picture of Eli putting on his shoes and then all the media scrum that was around uh, Daniel Jones, which I'm sure was a little bit inaccurate because I'm assuming that Eli had already talked to the media, uh, but it is a uh, it is a pretty funny picture. And now I believe Daniel Jones is going to get most of the game tonight. Where is the media uh, sort of frenzy and the fan frenzy at Daniel Jones uh, like right now, and how would you compare it to things that you've seen before? Yeah, I think cautiously optimistic would still apply. You know, you know this, Clay. They had two picks, two high picks in the first round. If they had just taken him second. I don't think it would have been this big of a deal. Now, my only thing is, though, with the Giants, you know, after Daniel Jones played uh, his first preseason game, he played one series, and he did well. He did really well. But Pat Shermer afterwards said, yeah, we know that he's good. That's why we drafted him. It's almost like, yeah, you idiots in the media don't know what you're talking about. I hope it works out for Daniel Jones, but let's not go too crazy about the preseason. There's a big difference between, you know, playing well on scripted plays in the preseason on one drive as opposed to now standing in there in, in a game and you know maybe trying to bring your team back in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you this. I'll give you a little brush with greatness. About two weeks ago, I was in a, this Italian restaurant that I go to in New Jersey all the time, and who walks in but Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, and the other two backup quarterbacks. Eli Manning was in there to take, uh, to take the quarterbacks out to dinner. I guess to hang out with Daniel Jones, the guy that he knows that the Giants want to replace him eventually. But I do think this. I think if Daniel Jones plays really well the Giants want that change to happen sooner than later if Eli's winning he's staying in there but even Eli as a rookie you know they gave Kurt Warner some time uh, some time and they eventually made that big move so Danny Jones is in a good spot if he could keep playing well but and for Eli Eli's got to win eventually if Eli's losing at some point this year they're going to take him out and they're going to start Daniel Jones we're talking to Frank Isola. Follow him on Twitter at the Frank Isola. You've covered a lot of big stories over your career. What was your reaction when you saw that Andrew Luck was retiring? Where were you, and what was? Did you do what I did, which is click on Adam Schefter's Twitter account multiple times to make sure it was actually real? I saw you tweet that, and I did the same exact thing because that was on a Saturday night, correct? I, yes. Whatever I was. When I saw the tweet, when I saw it come across the ticker, I couldn't believe it. Then I saw the tweet, and I still didn't believe it at first. And, you know, the interesting thing is there was they weren't giving us any indication that this was in play. Oh, you know, the Colts were 
we're giving you what seemed like a lot of misinformation. It was his calf, then it was his foot, then Jim Irsay came out and said it was his ankle. I started getting concerned when they said he wasn't going to practice. You know, it's one thing not to play in the preseason games. It seems like these coaches now, they value the practice in the preseason. They like having inviting another team into scrimmage so they could kind of control that. But once they said he wasn't going to practice, I was like, you know, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. And, you know, and I get everyone's, you know, outraged and everyone's standing on their high moral ground while you should boo and it's Andrew Luck's life. I get all that. Absolutely. But we're not used to this in the NFL because nobody does this. I mean, Jim Brown did it. He was 31. I get it. Rob Gronkowski did it this past year at 29. But we also knew for about a year that there was a chance that it was going to happen. He does play the most protected position on the field. It's also the most horrible. I'll give you that. You can get hit from the blind side and not know that it's coming. But it came out of left field. I mean, whoever thought that he'd walk away, I'm happy for him. I, you know, He's worried about CTE. He's worried about what he might be when he's 40, 50 years old. I completely understand that. But, you know, the Colts have to take some of the hit here because apparently he decided on a Friday, or that's when they came to the conclusion, he's on the field on Saturday. So the Colts fans are getting this information like we're getting it, and they must be thinking when they're at the game, well, hang on a second. What do you mean he's retiring? He's right there on the field. Yeah. So they probably took it as he's quitting. Not that he, you know, they, I'm trying to look, I'm one of these people, I'm like, leave the fans alone. The fans can do whatever they want. They pay the money, they want to boo, they want to cheer, knock yourself out. But everyone, like, kind of dictating how the fans should act, especially in the media, people in the media who get to go to sporting events for free. So, to me, there was a lot of confusion, and I think the Colts had a lot to do with that confusion. All right, you've covered a lot of these stories. You've had sources. We talked about this earlier in the week, and I'm curious what you think about it. I always like to play the who is the source game uh, because I think sometimes it can kind of give you an indication of where a story is coming from or what somebody's trying to advance by passing along the information. But you just hit on it. What Whoever leaked this information to Adam Schefter, and you have to assume that it was a relatively small circle of people who actually had this information, to me – totally sabotaged the organization and Andrew Luck because they, he was in an incredibly vulnerable position. He's on the sideline of a preseason game supporting his teammates, and there's still crowd in the stands. And instead of allowing Andrew Luck to have his own moment and bring the news to everyone of his own volition, whoever leaked this stole this story and opportunity away from him. Now, I don't blame Adam Schefter for breaking the story at all. That's not what I'm saying. If somebody's out there like, oh, that's his job, good for him. This is as big of a scoop as you can possibly get. But when you break this story in the form and fashion that he did, the way it plays out is very uh, comprehensible here, right? Like you're going to have Andrew Luck on the sideline. Fans are going to react. And you're also then potentially going to make him scramble and have a sort of disjointed and unprepared press conference while he's up there standing in, a, in an Indianapolis Colts long sleeve t-shirt uh, as opposed to showing up for a traditional retirement-based ceremony. I think this is a fascinating aspect of the story that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Do you also wonder, man, who had it out in some way for Andrew Luck or did they just totally miscalculate this? Why would you leak that information the way that they did, the way that somebody in the upper echelon probably of the Colts brain trust uh, made this decision. Yeah, you'd be surprised sometimes how stories kind of fall into your lap, and then you know you can kind of portray yourself as the hardest working man in the media. Then you're laughing like people only knew how I got this kind of by accident. I mean, there are two things. One could have been that somebody in the Colt organization 
leaked it, and then that's really bad because then you're you're screwing over Andrew Luck in a big way and the organization. But I wouldn't be so surprised because I think he said he told Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton yeah. that he was uh, that he was retiring. So you do that, and if they tell their agents, and then who's to say that their agent? Just the agent of those two players might not be on the phone with Adam Schefter, right? About if that, something. If that happens, about though. something. Oh, absolutely, Clay. That's something unrelated. And the guy says, "By the way, you should look into this. I think uh, Andrew Luck's going to retire this weekend." And I'm sure Adam Schefter was probably like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Then he's making some phone calls. So a lot of times with stories, once you're telling, like he said, "Well, I only told two people." Usually, those players, you'd be surprised how much players have contact with their agents and yeah. things like that. and Or they could have told another player whose agent then might have been having a conversation with Adam Schefter. That's, a lot of times, that's how these stories kind of materialize. Uh, how So when you're Adam Schefter and you put out a story like this, there has to be an element of, oh my God, if I'm wrong on this, even, even somebody who's been right as often as Adam Schefter is, has to be nervous tweeting out a story of that magnitude. Even if you think you've dotted your I's and crossed all your T's and you got everything right, do you remember a story that you broke that was the biggest or a big one and you were like, oh, my God, I am – because I think it's underrated how nervous anyone is to have this information and share it publicly uh, because of how gut-wrenching it is until you wait for the official, in quotation marks, confirmation – even if you think you have a story dead to rights, people can change their mind, especially with something like a retirement, right? Like Andrew Luck could have decided three hours before you tracked down everything just and told one person, hey, you know what? Let's toss that press conference out the window. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with this team. And then you're out there left and hung to dry. You ever been in a situation like that? And if so, how nerve-wracking was it to be ready to click publish on a story like that? Well, it always is because everyone can easily deny it. I remember uh, once uh, the Knicks flew out to the West Coast, and I got a call from someone who was on the plane and said that Isaiah Thomas and Stephon Marbury almost got into a fight on the plane, and that they were sending Marbury back home. You know, so I, I checked that with somebody else. They confirmed it. I wrote the story. Then the next day, you know, Isaiah Thomas easily could have denied it, but he he confirmed the story that it happened. I'm sure for Adam Schefter, he was probably a little nervous because remember too, what if Andrew Luck had said? No, that, that's not true. We're, we're deciding whether or not I'm going to be okay to start the season. And what if it was one of these things where the Colts had come to a thing with Andrew Luck? Just go on the injured reserve list this year. Yeah. Like, don't be, don't be retired yet. So they could have kind of played the semantics game in some way and not been up front uh, that way. But that was, a, uh, that was a clean scoop for Adam Jeff. That, that is a big story. I mean, that's his, to me, Michael Jordan, as you know, had accomplished yes. more than Andrew Luck. But, you know, for a guy to be 29 years old, you know, he, had the, he was the comeback player of the year in the league last season. Two weeks before the start of the season, he walks away. That's huge. The biggest thing I could compare it to really is Michael Jordan. When he stepped away for that first time in 93, that kind of came out of nowhere as well. Yeah, we're talking to Frank Isola. You mentioned Jordan, and I, I, I'm curious what you think of this analogy. Michael Jordan decides to go play baseball. Most people say, my God, this guy's an idiot. He has no chance. Tim Tebow decides to play baseball. Most people say, <laughs> my God, this guy's an idiot. He has no chance. Carly Lloyd makes one field goal uh, with, with you know, on like a run up, like she's doing a kickoff in a in a field with nobody around in shorts and a t shirt, and everybody says, "Oh yeah, she can probably be an NFL kicker." Why in the world? You know soccer pretty well. I think this is crazy. We've never seen a 37 or 38 year old person ever pick up any aspect of football and have success with it. 
why would anyone believe that a five foot seven, 140 pound woman, if no one has ever done it before, is suddenly going to become an NFL kicker? Am I right? Is this a crazy, absurd story? I was on around the horn. I kind of said similar things, and they they jumped down my throat. For of even, course, uh, for, for, for even suggesting. It's funny you mentioned the run up. Like uh, my son, who just graduated from Northwestern a couple of years ago, he's played soccer his whole life. He's a big kid. He's like six four. He's like, I'm going to try to play. Uh, I'm going to try for the uh, the football team and kick field goals. So he bought like the the tee that holds the you know not yeah. the kickoff tee but the tee that will hold the ball. And we went up to like the local high school, and he was pinging it from 50 yards. But he was taking that same run-up. I said, you know, you can't run up like that. It's really two steps, and you have to kick it. Then he did that, and he realized it was a little bit harder to do. She went up to the ball. Also, you know, people forget, hard knocks four years ago after um, the U.S. won the World Cup in uh, Canada, and she scored the three goals in the World Cup final against Japan, she showed up at the Houston Texans camp, and she did the same exact thing. They ended practice. They said if she makes it, you know, we don't have to run or whatever it yeah. was. And and she was pinging the ball back then, but nobody even, like, really batted an eye. She's an Eagles fan. So the fact, I think, that she was doing it there, I think she got all excited. But running up to the ball, taking that, you know, five-yard run-up is a lot different than kicking field goals in a game. And I'll say this on her behalf. She scored a goal in that World Cup final from midfield. So during the run of play, she looked up, noticed that the yeah. Japanese goalie was off her line and pinged it from 54 yards. I would suggest to you that most NFL kickers could not do that in a pickup soccer game, have the wherewithal, the skill, to, and the power to do that. But that doesn't mean that she can kick field goals in the NFL. To me, it's completely different. I'm surprised that for her, she's kind of going along with it. And believe me, if she had her druthers, she wants to be on the Olympic team next year she wants one more go at olympic gold medal that that starts july 24th that would mean she would miss all of training camp and get back in the united states by like august 10th how's that going to happen yeah i just think Come it's on. wild because in the media jordan and tebow who are both elite level male athletes of their generation right you don't have to necessarily love tebow you don't have to love jordan but the idea that both of these guys who have played baseball before could decide, hey, I want to play baseball, everybody ridicules the idea, and they're like seven years younger, seven or eight years younger than what Carly Lloyd is, but you just mentioned it. If you raise your voice and you're like, hey, like good for her. She's obviously got a big leg. That's pretty cool to get to see to do, but it's like a guy showing up who's a pretty good athlete and hitting a home run in batting practice, you know, like, like Johnny Manziel did, for instance, uh, and and then the, taking the leap and saying, oh, he should be a major league baseball player, or a guy getting in who doesn't golf and crushes the ball off the tee, and being like, hey, this guy should play on the PGA Tour. Like everybody would be, think that was laughable. There's hundreds of men, if not thousands of men, that are desperately every year trying to be one of the 32 best kickers in the NFL and make millions of dollars to do it, and they're obsessed with it, and they've been doing it for decades and they still aren't good enough to do it, and you're telling me that someone who has played soccer for their entire life and is 37 or 38 years old, five foot seven, 140 pounds, is suddenly going to put on pads, a helmet, and, and, and make a, be one of the 32 best in the world at field goal kicking? I mean, this, this is absurd that anybody is taking this as a real thing. I, I would be interested to see in an actual game if she can kick an extra point, because obviously they move the extra points back. But I think once you start getting beyond 40, I mean, come on, that's where these kickers make their money, between like 40 
and uh, 52 yards, like those tough kicks from a weird angle in the dead of winter, you know, and when you can't take that big run up. And it's also different, just like I said, I tell, I told these knuckleheads on the, on the panel at Around the Horn, I could go right now and I'm telling you I could kick a 40-yard field goal. I know I can. doesn't mean I could kick in the NFL. I know I could, I'm pretty sure I could run up five yards and hit it from 40. When I was younger, I definitely could do it. I'm, I'm interested to see. I might actually take my knucklehead son up there today, and he's going to uh, videotape it. Oh, I'd love to see it. that. But also, yeah, you just said, think about what would happen. The big part of being a kicker is also, oh, by the way, what happens if your kick gets blocked? You have to be athletic enough to try and do something. Can you imagine her getting a kick blocked and trying in a, in a scrum as the ball is rolling around at five foot seven and 140 pounds. I mean, Martin Gramatica, to put it in context, was five foot eight and 170 pounds, and he looked like a kid running around in a uniform out there. Can you imagine how ridiculous she would look in a full football uniform if the ball got blocked and she was trying to stop somebody from scoring a touchdown going the other direction? Well, what about this scenario? They throw her out there. She makes a 40-yarder, but then they realize that the opposing coach called the timeout right before the kick to ice her, and then she's got to go back and do it again. Yeah. It's just it's, it's almost insulting to her in some ways, and it like kind of belittles her because she's a, she's a great player. Like you said, she does have a big leg, but there's 32 of those jobs in the NFL. How many guys kick for college football teams, think about the competition Hundreds. that's out yeah. there for the, for those for that job. But they just say, "Oh yeah, well, Carly loaded thirty-seven because she she ran up and kicked the ball at a Philadelphia Eagles practice. She could play in the NFL. I mean, come on." That's I think part of it is just a, a, a fundamental misapprehension and misunderstanding of how difficult that is to do. Um, and so people try to con- – it's just kicking a ball, and they think they can do it in both uh, both directions. Always outstanding stuff, Frank Isola. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the final NFL preseason games tonight, the Daniel Jones mania, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And good luck Thanks, on the 40-yarder. I'm actually curious to see that video of Frank uh, trying to do the 40-yarder. Uh, I'm Clay Travis. When we come back, we'll dive back into this question. I'll ask the crew. I'm just kind of stunned that this has become a real story. Uh, and uh, we'll get an update from Eddie Garcia, see whether or not he can get out of the slump and the doldrums that he has been uh, afflicted by in the uh, update area. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Controversy continues to brew. I just saw what you retweeted, Eddie Garcia. I didn't see this comment earlier. It's hard for me to keep track of all the things that people send in. But we got an interesting tweet from Mike Youngblood. He tweeted me, your show is awesome. Thank you. It's obvious you're a no BS guy. Thank you. So why do you put up with at Eddie on Fox? The effing guy constantly misses the updates Andor scoots out early, all caps, fire his useless ass. Eddie, the heat, it's growing. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the heat all right. Shall we proceed with the update? Or uh, I don't know. I I I'm Mike Youngblood. Yeah. He's, he's not a fan. I will try and somehow move forward despite those uh, hurtful comments on Your Twitter. Your response on Twitter was, well, aren't you sweet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right I'm well on- the pressure i'm just saying it's a hot in the kitchen it's like the dog what's the great uh, uh the, the the meme that is everywhere of the the dog saying i'm fine and all the fire flyers uh lapping around him you know what i'm talking I'm, about I'm, right i'm not aware of that nobody know everybody does anybody else know what i'm talking about it's fine i'm fine anybody nobody else knows this meme <laughs> no see, what? If dub, see if dub knows it Where's is Dub? Did Dub show up for work I today? I think he did. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Good morning. do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. All the memes that I look at are how does nobody know this meme but me? <laughs> that's it's why fine you're, that's in why here. You're the it's show. a dog sitting in like a living room. It's a cartoon, and there's flames all around him. It's one no. of the most famous memes on the planet. Oh, uh, with the big with the big bug eyes. I all of you disgust me. Just give the update. 
Somebody on- back me up here. This is one of the most. How does no one? I'm I'm the oldest dude on the damn show. How am I the one who's plugged in on memes? You whine Actually, like a Eddie's millennial. Ninety four. Sorry about that, but. Oh, yeah. Just give us the update. Almost, I, all of you discuss. Almost me. out of time. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price and True Car. Not- products not available in every state. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. So the meme is a dog sitting on a chair with a cup of coffee. There's flames all around him. There's smoke in the sky. He's like in a living room, and he says, "This is fine." You guys have never seen that. I googled it, and I have seen that before. This article was written about it. By the New York Times back in 2016. So yeah, it says Timely. it's the meme yeah. of the year. You're so 2016, Clay. Yeah, I'm sorry that I'm plugged in. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> to get my Kermit the Frog teacup and sip on it because I'm looking at you askance at all of you idiots that can't keep up with all the trend lines. I don't think I'm the oldest, by the way. Danny G's actually the oldest. Also, the most no only- Eddie Garcia is the oldest. Well, right. But you're also the only one divorced on the show. We kind of glossed over the I fact. I didn't know that, that. You didn't know that Danny's no. divorced? Yeah. No. Yeah, me neither. That was kind yesterday. of a big revelation. How long were you married? For a year and a half. Oh, yeah. But Hollywood marriage. Hollywood marriage for the guy from L.A. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got – what do we have lined up? we got John Morosi in uh, hour two. We'll also jump back in uh, to the Zeke drama and uh, the drama on this kicker thing. I'm fired up about this Carly Lloyd thing. Everybody ridicules Tim Tebow and Michael Jordan for attempting baseball, two of the greatest athletes ever, and yet people aren't allowed to say this Carly Lloyd sham is totally ridiculous. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Appreciate you guys spending your Thursday morning with us. Also appreciate this guy, Dr. David Chow, waking up early with us on the West Coast. going to join us every Thursday, all season long, final preseason game of the year in the NFL. Next Thursday, we'll officially have kickoff here. We officially have kickoff in college football. I know we had week zero, but tonight is really kind of the official, official start of the year. But Dr. Chow, I want to start with the Andrew Luck story with you. Uh, We talked a lot about his injury situation, and let's go away from the retirement and just what he said as a part of the retirement. It appears that whatever was going wrong with his leg, his ankle, his calf was significant enough that he didn't think it was going to get solved very quickly. To your credit, you said, hey, I don't think it's likely that he's necessarily going to play in week one. But this is a sign that maybe the Colts weren't being fully honest about what was going on here. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to blame the Colts, and and Andrew Luck certainly didn't blame the Colts or the Colts doctors, but, you know, that's kind of where people are interested in talking to me, right? Because the teams don't tell the truth. They don't aren't forthcoming with what's going on. And I sort of try and provide that interpretation. So anytime I say something that might be contradictory to a team or what they're saying, a GM or a head coach, I'm not hating on them. I mean, I'm just trying to give the realities and they know what they're trying to do. They have a job to do. So uh, it's not like they're doing anything necessarily wrong, but it may not make sense. One of the things I always say, Clay, is if something on the outside doesn't make sense, it just means that we don't know the whole story. Because on the inside, these guys are smart guys running teams and so forth. They know what they're doing. I'm not saying they're always right, but they know what they're doing, and they have a plan. That plan may not work out, and and that's kind of what I try and do. So you're right, but the Andrew Luck situation, he wasn't going to be 100% in a, in, in a weird way, Clay. Not that I foreshadowed or knew that he would retire, but in retrospect, you can actually see he was hinting at it in the sense that 
he kept saying that he's changed as a result of the shoulder. He's vowed not to do it again. He's not going to play through, and you know that whole process was horrible for him, et cetera. And with the ankle, we talked about how he wasn't going to be 100% week one, and maybe not week two, three, et cetera. So either he was going to have to change what he said and play through or sit. Now, the ultimate sit is retire. How often do guys, when your experience as a doctor – how often would guys ask you or even broach the retirement topic with you as you went through medical diagnosis with them? Was this something that would be common? I imagine for young guys, probably not as common because you're always thinking if you're 23 or 24, oh, I can get back from this no matter how devastating the injury is. But how common was it in your experience for players to broach the retirement topic with you and actually get your opinions on a decision like that? Well, you know uh... – that retirement talk is only if you have a super personal relationship with the player. Yeah. And, and, and I have, and so I've had, had those discussions, but it's a player that you have to know. Uh, I'll give you one example of a player towards the end of his career. I won't say his name out of HIPAA. And he kept coming back to me with other injuries. And some of it, I, I finally just asked him, like, well, what are you really getting at here? And he finally, after the third or fourth time, brought up the brought up the retirement word i'm like oh absolutely that's always your choice right um and i think he was looking that his time was over but clay i actually brought up the retirement issue many many more times than players do it was a routine part of my conversation let's say someone comes in with a knee issue and uh they'd say doc what's the best thing to do for my knee i'd say lose 100 pounds and quit playing football and then and (laughs) And and you would say, say that i mean what was the reaction when you would say that Oh, they just slough it off and say, yeah, yeah, I know, Doc, but we're talking about playing football. What, yeah. what can I do to play? And, I mean, but literally I've brought that up a hundred, hundreds of times as part of my conversation. Uh, but, yeah, the players want to want to soldier on, and uh, so uh, that usually just got sloughed off as, uh, as meaningless banter. So do you think, and again, you don't have Andrew Luck's medical files in front of you, but it, would it surprise you if Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck took a year off. Let's say he takes a year off and he just travels the world and he takes it easy on his body and everything else. Would it surprise you if he wasn't 100% after a year or at least as close to 100% as he's capable of getting to uh, with a full year of no contact, with a full year of just rehab and, and relaxation? You know, I don't know Andrew Luck personally, but based on his comments and how he's acted and what he said, I don't see him coming back. Yeah. Do I think medically he could get better? Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I think the chances of Gronk coming back are much greater than the chances of Andrew Luck coming back. To me, he seems like a guy who's stated his case, told everyone what he was thinking all along, although we didn't necessarily interpret it to mean this. But uh, he seems like a very intelligent, thoughtful guy. I don't see him turning around and doing this. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, if this were in his thought process, it might have been, look, let's go on IR for the year, right, and see what happens. But he he went straight to retirement, and I think he's got the resolve, and, and I think we should respect that. I mean, he's told us all along what he's been thinking, and he's acting on it. We're talking to Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter as the games get rolling, including tonight. 
if there are injuries, he'll be able to give you real-time analysis and attempt to uh, determine what might have taken place on the field. Now, you mentioned Gronk, and Gronk, we played the audio of his statements that he made yesterday. One thing that people are talking about quite a bit is the amount of weight that he lost. He also referenced it. You just mentioned earlier that one of the pieces of advice you give a guy if he's got a knee issue is stop playing football and lose 100 pounds. And sometimes we see big offensive and defensive linemen able to do that. How quickly do you think Gronk could put back on the weight if he wanted to come back into football, right? Because that's a question a lot of people are asking. He probably wouldn't play at the lean version that he is right now. Maybe he would put on a little bit more bulk. Have you seen guys uh, gain and lose substantial uh, amounts of weight in the the period between uh, the season and the offseason? Yeah, weight fluctuations certainly can happen. It depends on, on body types, right? And everyone's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, there are certain players, um, let's say a Jamal Williams that played with us that were that uh, the, the nose tackle, uh, that were just country strong. Like they, like they didn't even have to work out, and they were just yeah. strong as could be. And, and when they don't work out for a couple months, they don't lose it. Those guys that literally were workout warriors – who have to work out like crazy to keep up the weight. And they're the ones that, you know, can fortunately, unfortunately lose it quickly, but also fortunately gain it back because they're uh, workout warriors. And even patients of mine, the ones that, uh, that get a ton of atrophy, or atrophy early on after an ACL reconstruction are the ones that were workout warriors. And I tell them that, and they're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. But they also can gain it back. So it is possible for him to gain the weight back. You know, if he wants to, it'll take him, you know, uh, a couple months. Uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cam Newton, a lot of talk about Cam Newton's foot and whether he's going to be 100% or not with the return to, uh, to uh, obviously his, uh, his position as starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers got an injury to his ankle. Do you think that Cam Newton should, if you're a fantasy player or you're a gambler out there, what kind of uh, level of Cam Newton should people expect for week one? Well, you know, ankle, foot, they said midfoot maybe. From the get-go, from when the injury happened, by video, I didn't, I wasn't real worried. I thought for sure he'd be ready week one. At that point, uh, is he going to be 90%, 95%? Hard to say, but uh, probably could have uh, jumped on some better lines or gone long on him because I always thought on, on him or on the Panthers, I always thought he'd be fine for week one, and I think he absolutely is. So uh, I don't really have any real worries with him. What guys are you worried about that people would be concerned about? I know you got your whole uh, your whole list of all the different reports, and I encourage you to go follow uh, David Chow at Pro Football Doc for the latest and all the different team sort of situations. But among names that people would know and could impact the line or could impact a fantasy week, what are the two or three that you got your eye on as we get closer to the start of the season? Well, you know, uh, the, the news that's breaking now or yesterday was Jarek McKinnon uh, for the 49ers coming off the ACL. And thanks for pointing out the report. And in the report, I've been pretty pessimistic all along on his, on his return. And it uh, looks like he's got some sort of setback now. He already had the PRP. And uh, the general manager, John Lynch, is, is saying that there's something maybe even more significant there. So uh, that certainly is something uh, to watch. Uh, lots of other injuries around the league where people are uh, very optimistic about guys. 
and I'm not as optimistic sometimes. I mean, uh, like I like being optimistic. Let's say Cam Newton, I am, but there seems to be a ton of optimism on a, on Cooper Cup coming off of ACL. Yeah, he did very well. He's done very well. He's had a speedy recovery, and lots of people say he looks great running. But it's not about running; it's about cutting. And what sticks out in my mind is a couple weeks ago when the Rams and Chargers. Uh, practiced against each other, there was a lot made of Thomas Davis staying with him step for step and breaking up a pass, uh, covering the slot receiver. Kudos to Thomas Davis, who's coming off of three ACLs of his own over his history. He's 35, 36 year old. Uh, what a great player. But he's not exactly known as a pass coverer and, and more of a run stuffer. And he stayed with Cooper Cup. So you got to temper your expectations there uh, a little bit. Even Emmanuel Sanders, who's doing very well coming off his Achilles and played and so forth. And everyone made a big deal about his 19 yard reverse. That's awesome, and he's really coming back very quickly. But you really can't expect him to be 100% either. Uh, certainly uh, when you run a reverse from the left side, your, your power healthy leg is your right outside leg, and he gets around on the reverse very well. But look at the end of the run when he plants on the left side where he tore his Achilles. He doesn't make an aggressive cut back and, and goes down fairly easily. He's going to play, but expect his second half of the season to be better than the first half. But we can go on and on. I mean, that's why there's a 60-page report. If you pinned at the top of my Twitter timeline or go to profootballdoc.com and sign up for free right now. What about Demarius Thomas? You've you spent a lot of time on him uh, following your Twitter account and everything that is, uh, that is surrounding his issues. He's back. He's off the PUP, I think. But you're still skeptical that he's going to be able to help a lot early on. Why? Well, you know, first of all, let's just point out I was proven wrong. I thought he'd stay on PUP. Okay, so he's made some good progress. And remember, what I do is is impression from afar. I call it insider knowledge. It's not insider information. So you can only be so accurate. But I really base it on the Achilles recovery timeline. He's a bigger receiver. He's older. But most importantly, I saw some video a couple of weeks ago where he didn't look very good at all. And it was a Patriots night practice where he was walking and even favoring that side. Someone threw a high ball to him for fun on the sidelines or he's walking out there and he jumped only off his healthy side and only landed on his healthy side. So based on that, I thought he was in for a prolonged rehab still. Obviously, he's accelerated. Obviously, they've activated him off of PUP. But that still doesn't mean that he's uh, 100% or anywhere close to that. So my uh, thought on him is still the same. He's going to be better later on. He's not going to contribute much early on, and the Patriots are probably fine with that. But he certainly has, uh, you know, maybe made uh, a quicker recovery than I thought, at least in the last few weeks since I've seen him. Last question for you, and this is going to go into the NBA a little bit. DeMarcus Cousins has been in the news over this threat that he made to allegedly his uh, son's mother. But when you look at his injury and the latest injury that he has had, cluster injuries. I'm kind of fascinated by this concept in general. Um, It seems sometimes when a guy can't get back healthy that it will be one injury that builds upon another. How common are cluster injuries like we've seen with somebody like DeMarcus Cousins and how do you try to prevent them from happening? In other words, you have one bad injury, and then it's almost like you uh, you are creating an opportunity as you try to come back from that injury for other parts of your body to be weaker. How common is that, and how do you try and guard against it? 
Well, the first thing is to figure out what each injury is, examination, and then really rehab it the right way. And not just rehab the injury itself, but rehab what else the injury could affect, the, the kinetic chain, so to speak. So that's what doctors and therapists and athletic trainers do, no question about it. But as you use the term cluster injuries in terms of football, I look at it more as cluster as in one part of the uh, of the one position, let's say. Oh, yeah. Let's say cluster cluster injuries, and this is what I'm doing a little bit with the injury index this year, is, you know, it's not just the effect of the left tackle. It's the effect of the left tackle going down and then the right tackle moving over and then playing out of position and then the downhill and then, you know, the number number one guy goes down, the number two guy gets moved up, but now you got the number three or four guy at whatever position running special teams and starting a game and uh, getting worn out and perhaps playing above his ability and having to anchor in in, on on a block as opposed to moving your feet and then you get your ankle rolled upon uh, or knee rolled up on and get, get injured. Those kinds of cluster injuries are much more real because those are harder to prevent. Outstanding stuff, as always, Dr. Chow, at Pro Football Doc. People can get the latest update. And what will you do, by the way, when, it, when it's Thursday night NFL action, right, and all the preseason's going on, you also got college football. What's your typical viewing experience? Because I know you got a family. I know you got a lifestyle otherwise. But do you basically tell everybody, hey, when a major game's going on, dad's got to be here you know, down in front of the couch? How, or, or do you just wait for people to send you things on social media and you don't have to watch every minute yourself? How do you balance out your falls? Well, Thursday, Sunday nights, and Monday nights are relatively easy because there's only one game going on. Yes. So, yeah, there are times I step away and bathe the kids and whatever, and people are like, aren't you watching? I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, but I got a life. Yeah. But this year, we're actually going to watch from a control room at 10 a.m. Pacific time. There's going to be uh, seven or eight people all watching and spotting, and we'll have a bunch of TVs on. And it'll be much more professional effort than my being at home flipping channels on direct TV waiting for people to to notify me. So that's part of what we're trying to do this year to kind of get on this and uh, and do this and uh, and it'll be a fun effort to to try and do it professionally. And by the way, today Clay, I, I you know, I'm just glad you didn't ask me about uh goring of testicles uh, that you were talking about. <laughs> I, I I thought that was coming for sure. Yeah, what do you do? What's the what's the we- uh, that's an interesting question. What's the weirdest way that somebody has gotten injured that you've had to treat? <laughs> do you remember like cuz doctors usually a lot of times have crazy stories. I know you're not like an ER doc. But uh, but there have to be some unbelievable ways that, as an orthopedic surgeon, people have injured themselves. And you're like, what in the world were you thinking, or how in the world did you do that? You ever get a torn ACL from bull running or anything like that? <laughs> uh, not specifically from from bull running, but there are lots of stories. You know, you know, uh, I think uh, every doctor probably has stories like ER. But let me tell you, your lifetime of stories probably makes up one episode, right? And uh, there, there, there have been uh, many, uh, many strange stories. I don't know how many I can really tell here uh, out there, but you know, getting gored in the testicles certainly would be up there if, if it ever happened to. Uh, to and an as athlete. a medical expert, you appreciated Roberto stepping in and saying the penis would have to be in danger there too. It'd be hard to hit the testicles and not also impact the penis, right? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know, uh, the knee bone connected to the thigh bone or whatever, something like that. But the other thing I would say, you guys were commenting, obviously, on uh, the, uh, the uh, Larry David stuff and yeah. what have you. I mean, just to show my overwhelming medical expertise, I am an orthopedist. But in general, uh, you don't have that situation when you're in a, a fight or flight mode. Uh, the, oh, the, that's uh, interesting. 
Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> but, getting out of a pool, right? Like you're uh, you're 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 shrinking. <laughs> yeah, not that kind of shrinkage, but yeah, the you know uh, the there 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 are muscles that surround uh, uh, that area of the scrotum area, and it's usually not low hanging when you're in that this kind of uh, situation. Combat scene. Yes. Well, that's interesting. That's fascinating. There we go. Never know what you're going to get. That's fat. Dr. Chow bringing the knowledge. <laughs> Thank you very much, Doctor. We'll talk to you next month. Uh, next month. Next. Well, it is next month. It'll be next September, right. September but it's next week as well. Um, Eddie Garcia, did you expect to find out that your testicles contract, contract in a combat situation? I can honestly say when I came into work, I did not expect to find that out on the Clay Travis <laughs> Never know. Show. Never know what you're going to learn. It's entertaining and educational. There you go. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bulletin stricter stuck to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. What you got for me, Danny G? All right, Clay, put your granola bar down. And if you're listening with some Cheerios, put your spoon down for How a second. How did you know I had a granola bar in my hand? <laughs> the headline from the New York Post man gored in the testicles during spanish town's historic bull run oh no and there's video of this oh no yeah new york post uh, creative here the first line reads this man has a real cock and bull story to tell (laughs) oh no this 26 year old thrill seeker got more than he bargained for at the running of the bulls event in spain he was gored in the testicles there's shaky video of it but you do see what happened Uh, the bull was provoked by a different man but charges at the victim instead, who tries to jump over a fence. He gets his leg tangled, and its legs, neither regions, nether regions are exposed. His legs are, like, in the air. As he tries to free himself, the bull charges and strikes him several times in his privates oh. as several people try to distract this, this beast from the event in the town of Quelar, about 75 miles north of what Madrid. What happened to him? He's in, uh, the mayor of the town spoke, the man is still hospitalized, but he's in stable condition. By the way, the bull run in this town is believed to be the oldest in the country there, with the town having hosted this for over 800 years. Bullfights are protected under the Spanish Constitution as part of the country's heritage, but the practice, as you may know, has faced increasing calls for it to come to an end. And this guy now with the uh, testicle injuries might agree with that all the same. Do they have his name in the article? No, no oh, okay. name of the guy in the article. There's video, though, so I will put that out on Twitter, can at Danny G Radio. Can you imagine if they put his name out and you're the guy who got <laughs> gored by a bull in the testicles and that's the number one result uh, that everybody no. finds for your name for the rest of Hopefully he's got, like, I don't know what a common name in Spain, Spain would be, but hopefully he would have the equivalent of, like, Joe Smith as a name. So it would be hard to know, like, oh, you're the Joe Smith who got gored by, you know, the bull testicles. Whereas if he has a unique name in Spain, I mean, and that name ever gets out, he's done for. Did his penis get gored too? Or I, that, that was my question. Uh, the article doesn't say. It just says testicles. It so. seems like uh, if you're te- – I'm not yeah, an expert on all male genitalia, all right? Let me just throw this out there. But it seems like if your testicles are getting gored, probably a good chance your penis gets gored <laughs> yeah. too, right? Yeah. What did you think? I, I, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I know I don't want to think about maybe, it. Maybe maybe he's like uh, Larry David and curb your enthusiasm, and he's uh, <laughs> what, what do they call Larry? Long ball Larry. Maybe he's got <laughs> maybe he's got some particular anatomy where the testicles hang lower. But most men that I know, if you're getting hit in the testicles, you're probably also getting hit in the penis. All right, and I was looking. It's to a see- great question. That that, that by the <laughs> I'm way, trying to change the subject. That by the way is Roberto. 
being oh, the no. journalist who goes to the next level. That's He's right. like, well, the That's testicles fine. got gored, but what about the penis? That the penis we is the Roberto. most important one. We need to send Roberto oh, over to Spain to show up at the press conference That's and be like, uh, final question, you know, I'm American, <laughs> but uh, this is important. How is the penis? That's what we need Roberto for. <laughs> All right, I had a 911 call. Everybody was wondering it, by the way. This next story, moving on. I had a 911 call to play for you, but unfortunately we don't have time here, so maybe we could play it right at the top of next hour. Uh, Do you want me to set up the story now or wait until the... Well, that would be an incredible tease. Here's the question. Hold on. Have you heard the 911 call? I have. And it's excellent. I mean... That's not the exciting part. It's just strange because of what kind of animal it is, and the 911 operator doesn't believe that this animal is there. All right, so, well, that's a pretty good tease. So we have a crazy 911 call involving an animal that the 911 operator doesn't believe. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that at the top of next hour. And then quickly, let me give you this story. Uh, this monkey broke a glass enclosure with a rock. Oh, I saw this. Did you see this? There's I, was video. this a video or did yes. I just see the picture? No, I saw there a still is, photograph. There is video of this capuchin monkey, Colombian whiteface capuchin uh, at the... Colombian whiteface. We know what that monkey got into. <laughs> Racist. <Zenju's. laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying Colombian whiteface. That, that monkey is into some blow. I, I mean, Racist. when I hear Colombian whiteface, I think, all right, that dude has been partying. Well, these tourists are laughing at first because they see this monkey hitting the the glass, the tempered glass with a rock. Yeah. But then the laughter suddenly turns to gasps because he shattered the glass. He was trying to escape. Yes. And he used a, he used a weapon, a sharp rock, in order to break the glass and get out. Now he he ran away. It scared him, so he didn't he didn't escape. Um, he was surprised. Zoo officials told the paper that no guests were injured as a result of the incident, and the monkey was also this unharmed. This like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but we know now that they can get out by just cracking the glass with a rock. Yeah, now he knows. Yeah. This monkey's in. I, I would wonder about that. Do you think that monkeys, like, have different levels of intelligence? You know, like, is there a, like, if, like is that monkey who thought, I'll pick up this rock and break the glass, would he be like the Einstein of monkeys? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, serious question. Like, humans have different levels of intelligence. If you were like a monkey expert, would you be like, that is one, like, that's the smartest monkey because he thought to get the sharp rock and break the window. Theoretically, that would be true, right? All right, so let's go to Florida for this. And, of course. Uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't be an animal Thunderdome without the state of Florida. Let's go ahead and cue up the 911 call first, and then I'll explain the story. So listen to this. Hello, lady on 911. She's saying that a lemur is in a house. They have it checked in. A lemur? Yeah. Okay. There's not a lemur in her house, but go ahead. <laughs> She's a brown lemur, and FWC told her to call 911. What? There's something about it attacked her boyfriend. Okay, check it up. I oh. mean, if she wants someone to come out, then check it up. All right. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but... You contacted FWC already? Yeah, they said if it's an emergency, call 911 because it's in our bathroom. Like, we had to chase it in there. And it attacked your boyfriend? Yeah, he went to leave and opened the door, and it, like, came at him because he was waiting, like, outside of our door. Because we heard it last night, but it wasn't by our house. And right now it's trapped in the bathroom? Yeah. So a lemur is a type of monkey, right? Right, and you hear the dispatcher say, what? Yeah. Because it wasn't a lemur, all right? This neighborhood in Florida, they thought it was, you know, what we know from Madagascar, the animated movies. But no, it turns out this is a kinkajou. 
This has been getting a lot of uh, attention on the internet the past month because people are like, what the hell is a kinkajou? Right. So I, I looked it up. They are actually a nocturnal mammal related to raccoons native to rainforests in Central and South America. They're not uh, native to the U.S., but it's possible to get a permit to keep one as a pet. Man, Florida people just got to get out of their ever-loving minds. I don't know why they have to have such freaky pets. Like, get yourself a damn dog or cat. Live with it. Like, it's like, why do you, like, all these people getting killed by, it's all, Florida, first of all. Yeah. Because everything can live down there because it's warm, because it's, uh, you know, like a habitable place. And that's why all these uh, these animals just get to Florida and they flourish. But why do you have to have an animal like this? Well, why are you going to try to feed it? I mean, obviously, they didn't know what it was. And last month, her boyfriend, who they didn't release his identity, he was leaving his girlfriend's Lake Worth Beach apartment to go to work in the morning when this kinkajou came barging into their into her place and attacked him, CBS 12 reports. In an apartment? Yes. So it resembles a monkey, so that's why they thought it was cute and they're feeding it. This kinkajou had been waiting outside the door all night, hoping to get more food after this man. It's and like a landlord. Yeah. He's like showing up, knocking on the door, like, bitch, you better have me some food. This man and some neighbors fed it watermelon the day before. That's good stuff. So luckily, the man only suffered non-life-threatening injuries, but it was a deep bite and crazy scratches on this guy's leg. And they chased it into the bathroom and kept it locked there. And then that 911 call happened. So... There you go, a kinkajou in Florida. Don't feed a kinkajou. It's a lesson, right? Exactly. I mean, think about that. I mean, that that kinkajou loved that watermelon. It was standing outside that apartment all night, like expecting that it was going to get watermelon when the door opened. This kinkajou, if it had an Instagram account, it would do watermelon Wednesdays. <laughs> oh, oh, Danny G. Um, but all no, right. it's just in line with your Taco Tuesdays I know, take. I know. The kinkajou, I mean, I don't even know where the kinkajou is from. What is it actually? Is it like a, so is it's it, it's a raccoon? The, yeah, is it a monkey? Like what is what it's is a it? mammal? It's related to the raccoon. So it's like a it's like a Central American raccoon. Yes. And a fun fact for you, a kinkajou is able to turn their feet backwards to run easily in either direction. That seems kind of creepy. Yeah, it is very creepy. But somebody brought it in as a pet. Yes. And then it either escaped or they just let it go because it's Florida, and then it just lived fine because it's warm and everything else, and everything else lives in Florida. Yeah, why would you want an exotic raccoon that can turn its feet backwards? When you could just have a dog or cat. If you really want a pet, get a dog or a cat. Don't overthink this. All right, so that the end of the Animal Thunderdome today? Yes, sir. That is the Animal Thunderdome. He is Danny G. I'm Clay Travis. And uh, all right, so I want to get everybody's picks for the college football playoff with college football officially starting today. Uh, But I want to hit you with a wacky way to think about how much college football has evolved with the quarterback position. All right, here we go. Uh, Number one, okay, the number one team in America right now is Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is there. Not a big surprise. They're pretty set at the quarterback position. One of the top teams in America right now is the Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma right now has as their starting quarterback the former starting quarterback from number two Alabama. That is Jalen Hurts. Okay, that's easy enough to follow. Ohio State is the number five team in the country right now. Ohio State has as their starting quarterback the former backup of the number three team Georgia Bulldogs. That is Justin Fields. LSU is the number six team in the country. They have, as their starting quarterback, the former backup for Ohio State, the number five team in the country, 
Joe Burrow. Are you following me still here? Uh, in addition to all of that, Kelly Bryant, who is on Mizzou's team and would theoretically be a pretty high-level quarterback, is starting for Missouri because he was bumped for number one, Trevor Lawrence, at Clemson. Missouri, if they ever get bowl eligible, will be eligible to be ranked. I think that they will be a top 20 caliber team. Washington is starting Jacob Eason. They are the number 13 team in the country. Washington is starting Jacob Eason, who used to be the backup at Georgia, who was beaten out by Jake Fromm. So think about how crazy all of those different moving parts are. I just hit you at the very top of the college football landscape. We have quarterbacks moving around like crazy, and I'm not even done because Michigan, which is the second highest ranked team in the uh, Big Ten, number seven, I believe, is starting a former quarterback from Ole Miss in Shea Patterson. All of that different movement, about half of the top 13 has taken quarterbacks from the other half of the top 13. This is going to be wild to see how all of this plays out, but we basically have perpetual free agency now for quarterbacks. If you don't win the starting job, you transfer and try to win the starting job somewhere else almost immediately. We'll see how all these guys pan out. My four in the playoffs, not a really sexy four. I've got Alabama, I've got Clemson, I've got Georgia, and I've got Oklahoma as my four playoff teams. Anybody else got a wild outlier? I'll start with you, Dub. Any surprising team that you think will make the playoff this year? I mean, it's hard to see a big surprise team. For me, I think it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Those are my four. I think there's one from four different conferences, and the Pac-12 yet again gets left out. Yeah, I agree with you on the Pac-12 getting left out, and I actually think the Big Ten's going to get left out because I don't buy Justin Fields as being – as good as Dwayne Haskins was, I think it's tough to replace your first-year starting head coach with a brand-new quarterback as well. Uh, so uh, so I think that Ohio State will have some difficulty. And I just don't buy Urban uh, – sorry, with Urban Meyer gone, even with Urban Meyer gone, I don't buy Jim Harbaugh and Michigan being able to run the table uh, in a fashion that would get them into the playoff. All right, so there's Dub. Uh, any surprising teams from you, Danny G? No – I do want to ask you, though, about what's happening here on the West Coast. You were just talking about Washington's quarterback. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that Washington could make a big splash this year? Well, I mean, they're 13 right now. Um, You know, that was the hope last year. Chris Peterson certainly has got them as to a perpetual top 10 standard, which I think is your goal to be in that top 10 range and just hope that everything's going to break well for you one year. Uh, But to me, before we even get to Washington and what they're going to be capable of, the Pac-12 has to demonstrate that they are a legitimate Big Five major conference. And in order to do that, they need to get some out-of-conference wins. And that's why Dub's a graduate of Auburn. This Auburn-Oregon game is the best one of the opening weekend. Because if Auburn does what I think Auburn will do, even with the true freshman quarterback in Bo Nix, if they go out and they beat Oregon – then Oregon will lose a signature opportunity for the Pac-12. And I think that then a lot of the Pac-12 teams will end up beating up on each other. And the chances of a Pac-12 North or Pac-12 South, remember we've already got an Arizona loss on the road against Hawaii in week zero. Uh, I, I just I don't buy into the West Coast. I don't think that USC or UCLA are anywhere close 
to being uh, West Coast powers right now in the city of Los Angeles. I think you got Oregon and you've got Washington, maybe Washington State on the outside that you're hoping can make a run. And uh, I just don't see the Pac-12 having a team that's elite level enough to make the college football playoff. Uh, anybody got a – Eddie, you're a big college football fan. Anybody got a team from outside of my four, any any risk, you know, outside the top five or six, any interesting playoff predictions here as college football officially kicks off? I wish I did, but I, I honestly don't. I, I, I would have picked the same four that you picked. Yeah, I feel kind of boring doing that, but I look at that schedules – and I feel like Georgia maybe is a team that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, and I've tried to make the case, and I made it yesterday on Lock It In, for why I think uh, Jake Fromm could be the Heisman Trophy winner and maybe even play well enough to be the overall number one draft pick uh, coming out of uh, the draft. He comes out a year early for next season. And I feel like compared to Tua and Trevor Lawrence, he gets a, a, a tiny fraction of the attention of those guys. But it is interesting to me um, – that you look at the at the kind of the schematic of teams out there, and there's certainly teams that can make the case, hey, everything can go right for us. But I think Alabama and Clemson are on a different level. Now, the injuries at linebacker to Alabama and the fact that Alabama is going to have four true freshman starters, we'll talk with Lance Taylor some tomorrow in hour one about that, how significant he believes that will be. I think it's pretty significant. Um, and uh, the, the difference is Alabama's offense is so good that I think they, that the Alabama offense can carry the, the young defense there, particularly early in the season. But I do think that's potentially of paramount importance if you're trying to break down this Alabama-Clemson uh, situation. Georgia and Alabama don't play until the SEC title game. Georgia, I think, is going to be a substantial favorite in every game that they play. And so I think there's a good chance that Alabama and Georgia could both be 12-0 and playing in the SEC title game. Uh, and then I just don't buy into the fact that Michigan – or Ohio State, either one of those two teams at the top of the Big Ten, are going to be kind of spotless going through the season. I think that it's more likely that those teams are just okay. And it really is Michigan's year. If Michigan and Jim Harbaugh can't get it done this year, I don't know when they're going to go out and actually be capable of winning a championship. We'll talk about some of this with uh, our next guest who is uh, rolling in with us. That'll be Dr. David Chow as we get ready for the uh, final game of the NFL preseason. We'll talk to him about Andrew Luck, about Rob Gronkowski, whether he thinks either one of those guys is going to come back, the latest injury situation in the NFL, and more. All of that still to come. Again, Dr. David Chow, he's going to join us every single Thursday in the final hour of Thursday to get you ready for NFL gambling. Also, if there's big college football issues, basically any injury issue at all. I think it's going to be pretty fantastic. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.